0: If we haven't met yet, I am Sarah. Um, I've been at KXC for the last six or seven years. Uh, I first moved um, from Toronto to London to study, and I've been here ever since. Um, and it's, if it's your first week at KXC, really um, big welcome to you again. So we have got a week to go um, before Easter. And as Pete was reminding us, um, that means today is Palm Sunday. Uh, where we remember Jesus's journey and entry into Jerusalem shortly before he was crucified. And when Jesus is entering Jerusalem, at this point, the crowds, they had heard about who Jesus was. And they had heard that he had just raised Lazarus from the dead. And so this big crowd is gathering around Jesus. Uh, They're putting their cloaks in front of him, palm trees or palm branches in front of him. Um, In ancient times, palm branches, they represented victory and honor. And so people are honoring Jesus. And we know that Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. So this animal that represented peace, he didn't ride on a horse which would have been associated with war. And so Jesus is making this statement that he has come into Jerusalem, he's come into the world to bring peace. Um, I thought I'd be honest with you right at the beginning. Um, I don't particularly associate donkeys with peace. Um, I actually associate them with pain. Um, I think they are very suspicious animals. Um, When I think of donkey, uh, this is the picture that comes to mind. Uh, Would you trust anything that looks like it's wearing that much eyeliner to start with? Uh, Growing up, though, every single um, boxing day, my family and I, we would go to the zoo because you got to watch the zookeepers feed the animals their Christmas meals. And if you were lucky enough, the zookeeper might choose you to come and help feed some of the animals. And I was chosen to help feed the donkeys. So I marched up to the donkey pen. The, the, the zookeeper gave me some food. I stuck my hand out and the donkey chowed down on four of my fingers. Do you see those teeth? And so I started screaming. Um, I look over at my mom, who's kind of watching this in horror. Um, My mom is a a classical piano player. She's also my piano teacher. And so she's always telling me uh, not to do certain things in case I damaged my piano fingers. Uh, and I am screaming, um, and let me tell you, the stereotype that donkeys are stubborn animals, I can also say is true, um, because the donkey would not let go of my fingers. And so I started kind of like playing tug-of-war uh, with this donkey, and it would not let go. Um, eventually, uh, it, it did, I think with the zookeeper's help. Our, our family trip to the zoo uh, got cut short, um, <laughs> But I can say, you know, it's a positive story. The the surgeons, they were able to reattach my two fingers. I'm joking. That didn't happen. (laughs) It got very serious all of a sudden. Um, No, that didn't happen. The teeth are sharp, but not that sharp. Um, They were very badly uh, bruised, um, which meant that I got out of piano lessons that week. Um, But yeah, yeah, all this to say, um, you know, despite my... Uh, childhood trauma, and my baggage. Uh, In in ancient times, donkeys, they represent peace. So that's what we are going to go with. Uh, So I want to read this passage together. And Pete um, shared some of this already, but I think it's always helpful to to hear things twice. Um, We're going to be reading Matthew 21, 1 to 11. And so this is the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, on the foal of a donkey. So if if you're like me, um, when you first read uh, these lines of scripture, the image that pops into my mind is of Jesus, who we know is completely innocent, kind of passively and peacefully going into Jerusalem to be put to death. But actually, if we, if we look at this, this passage of Scripture a little bit more closely, and if we think about the context around these lines of Scripture, Jesus isn't being passive at all. And in fact, there is a huge amount of conflict and confrontation that Jesus is intentionally stepping into when he rides into Jerusalem. And so this is what I want us to look at today. And, and not just because uh, we can, or because some of us might find this interesting, because this tells us something about ourselves, and it tells us something about the kingdom of God. And so this is what we're going to be looking at today. So in a lot of ways, going into Jerusalem, it would have seemed like a really bad idea for Jesus, Um, Jerusalem was this religious and political capital city. There is a lot of power there. There There's a lot of powerful people there who wanted Jesus dead. And so I imagine when Jesus was telling his disciples that he was going to make this journey into Jerusalem, they might have told him, Are you crazy? Why why would you do that? There's a lot of powerful people there who you have seriously rubbed the wrong way. Don't go. But we know that Jesus, he not only journeys into Jerusalem, but he arrives in Jerusalem completely on his own terms. I think um, for most of us, if, if we had some kind of important appointment, say we had a meeting in parliament, Most of us would probably try to look the part, right? So we would dress up. We would try to say the right words. We would greet people in the way that you're supposed to. We would try to look the part. But Jesus, when he's arriving in this powerful city, he doesn't look the part at all. He arrives with women in his entourage, He arrives uh, with the disciples who are essentially nobodies. I think he might have looked a bit like a failure. He might have looked weak. He might have looked vulnerable. And to make things even worse, and you can just imagine the disciples' stress levels as this is all unfolding, uh, when Jesus is arriving into Jerusalem, there is no show of power. There is no miracles or no signs The only thing that Jesus does is cry. And we know from the Gospels that as Jesus is approaching Jerusalem, he breaks down. As Jerusalem was this place that Jesus deeply, deeply cared about. And Jesus knows that this city one day is going to be completely destroyed. And Jesus gets this picture and he describes it where the city is so completely ruined. There's not one stone left on top of the other. And as he's describing this image, he's breaking down. And what's happening in this moment is God is bringing peace into the city. So the Prince of Peace has literally arrived. But the people don't really recognize what God is doing. They don't see how God is moving right in front of them. And and personally, I don't really think um, that, that Jesus is just crying to kind of mourn or grieve this city. I think he's crying because he wants to wake people up. He wants to open their eyes. As we know that he wants to protect this city. Later on, he, he says that he wishes he could gather the, the people of Jerusalem together. And as a mother hen would just protect them under her wings. He wants to protect this city. I just want to pause here uh, for one moment. Because I think um, the idea of God as a loving father for Christians, this is often an understanding of God that we talk about and we embrace. And I think this is a beautiful and powerful understanding of God. Um, We all need and we all have a loving father in the Lord. And, And this understanding of God, it can be very healing. Like particularly for those of us who have had experiences where this hasn't been our understanding of what fathers are. But we also need loving, protective mothers. Mothers who will fight for us. Is there anything more powerful than that? I don't know about you, um, but I, I fear for the person who gets between a mom and her kids. Anyone um, hear the, the story of Mama Lion? It, it made BBC News last month. Um, this is the woman that has become nicknamed Mama Lion. Uh, she, she lives in South Africa. And one day, this woman's neighbor shows up at her house, banging on the door in the middle of the night. And this woman's neighbor says that she has seen this woman's daughter being assaulted by three men nearby. And so this this mother, in a panic, she she calls the police. The police are unresponsive. And so she decides that she's going to go and try to fight and, and, and find her daughter. And so she goes into her kitchen. She grabs a kitchen knife, and she runs out into the night. And she eventually finds her daughter being assaulted by these three men. And the men see this, this mom. She's almost 60 years old. All three of these men were in their mid-20s. And they went to attack the mother. And so this mom fights them. And make a long story short, the mom ends up win- winning this fight. Um, one of the, man, the men um, is killed, and two of them are seriously injured. So they're they are both sent to hospital. One of the guys actually got some of his injuries by trying to jump out of a window to get away from the mom. Uh, the, the story made um, headlines last month because a judge in South Africa decided to clear this woman of her charges uh, because the judge found that she was acting in self-defense of her daughter and of herself. And so like I said, I, I fear for the person who gets between a mom and her kids. And N.T. writes, he unpacks this particular passage of Scripture And he says that when fires break out in farms, as they often did and as they often do, what the mother hens will do is they will automatically do everything that they can to protect their chicks. And so they gather the chicks together and, and shield the chicks from the heat and from the smoke. And as they are doing that in the process of saving the chicks, they often sacrifice themselves. This is what Jesus wants to do for Jerusalem. He knows that a fire is coming. He knows that chaos, destruction is coming. And he wants to protect his children. And I think by using this particular image, what Jesus is doing is he is showing us that within God, who is way bigger than male or female, we also find this image Of a protective, caring mother who is willing to sacrifice herself for us. I think for some of us here, this won't be our understanding or experience of what mothers are. We just had Mother's Day a few weeks ago. And I think for some of us, this is actually a painful time of year. Some of us have broken relationships with our moms. For others, our moms aren't around And so I think this is a really important understanding of God to think about because there is healing in this. That God not only has the heart of a loving father, but God has the heart of a loving mother as well. God sees us and loves us as a mother loves her own child. And so we can see here that that Jesus is crying for this city because God is moving in front of them. and The people, they don't really see God. They don't really recognize what God is doing. They thought God would look and act in a different way. And so I think this is an important reminder for us. Are we aware of what God is doing right in front of us? Are we, are we so convinced that God looks a certain way, acts a certain way, speaks to us maybe only in a particular way? that we've somehow managed to put God in a box. The Gospels remind us that when God moved, it often happened in such unexpected ways that people didn't really notice what was happening. God is moving all the time, everywhere, right in front of us. Do we see it? I think um, this is something that I personally want to get better at, and this is something that we can ask for. This is something that God wants us to ask for. Seek and you shall find. So one of the reasons uh, that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem was to celebrate Passover. And Every single year, uh, hundreds of thousands of Jewish families would come into Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. And and what Passover was, uh, it was essentially a Jewish freedom festival. So the Jewish families they would gather together and they would remember what God did uh, to to free their their ancestors, the Israelites, from slavery in Egypt. And so they were remembering this time that God liberated, saved them from this oppressive ruler. And what's interesting is that at the time when Jesus was arriving into Jerusalem, the Jews they were still living under an oppressive ruler. They were living under the Romans. And the Romans ruled by military power. So they they, they used force and violence and control to maintain stability. And of course, we still see this style of leadership today, and it's devastating. And so what would happen is during Passover as Jews were remembering how God had freed them in the past, this spirit of rebellion would be stirring amongst the Jews because they would rem- they were remembering what God did in the past and they wanted to be freed again. They wanted to be liberated again. And so as you can imagine for the Romans, this festival it was a complete nightmare. Um, because Jerusalem was unstable uh, during Passover. It was volatile. It was tense. It was heated. Do you know who was lucky enough to have the job um, to, to be responsible for preventing the Jews from causing any problems during Passover? It was Pilate, lucky man. Uh, and so what Pilate would do, he would march his whole army right by the city and kind of leave them there as this big show of force, trying to stop the Jews from, from trying anything. And it's during this really volatile, tense time that Jesus chooses to arrive in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And so the crowds, they see Jesus and they're they're remembering what what Jesus has done. They're remembering his miracles. And so they start to shout at Jesus, Hosanna, Hosanna. And I think for you and I, uh, we might associate this word with with church. But at the time, as Pete was reminding us earlier, this wasn't a religious word at all. It was a political word. It means help us, save us now. Save us from these oppressive rulers who are ruling over us. And Jesus, he would have known that when he came into Jerusalem during this really volatile time, he was going to upset and he was going to confront the Roman rulers there. But here he is coming face to face with this military power and he's riding on a donkey on this animal that represents peace. And that's because Jesus is making this very intentional statement. He he knows that his power is greater than the Romans. He knows that his power is greater than Caesar's, but he's showing them a completely different understanding of power. He's showing them what true power really looks like. True power doesn't lead with violence, with force and control. True power is vulnerable. True power is peaceful. It reaches out and sometimes it weeps. What does power and strength really look like to you? How do you define it? How do you understand it? Think about the different areas in your life, maybe at work, maybe in your marriage with your kids, with your friends. Do you try to get your way by using control, anger, maybe self-protection? Jesus is showing here that, us here that there is another way to be powerful. He's showing us what true power really looks like. And I feel like there's some here today where, where you're being challenged to exercise true power, real power in a particular situation. Even if it seems counterintuitive, even if it seems maybe weak or vulnerable, this is the kind of power that changes situations. So when Jesus is entering Jerusalem... The Roman rulers, well, they're just one of the many things that Jesus is confronting and upsetting. And I won't go into detail here because we would literally be sitting here all day. I'd encourage you to go and look at this passage. It is amazing. But really quickly, we know that he takes on the religious leaders. The leaders who were using religion to control, manipulate people, using the religious system to enrich themselves. So during Passover, they would be be selling Passover lambs at really high prices to poor people. And so we know when Jesus arrives in Jerusalem, shortly after he goes into the temple, he looks around, he sees all this happening, and he flips the tables over. Jesus rides into the city on a donkey. Which means that he is fulfilling this prophecy from from Zechariah saying that the Messiah, the king, one day arrive in Jerusalem riding a donkey. Which also means that he is confronting Herod who desperately wanted to be the king of the Jews. and was willing to do anything to build up his own kingdom. We know is that he comes against a corrupt legal system. So Jesus is eventually arrested. He's put on trial. He's taken to court. And we know that false witnesses are used against him. He experiences injustice. And we could go on and on and on and on. But the final power that Jesus confronts is death itself. In other words... Jesus isn't making this journey into Jerusalem as some kind of innocent victim. He's making this journey into Jerusalem as the Messiah, who is exposing and confronting evil in all its forms. As reading this, I was reminded just again at a deeper level just how powerful Jesus is. Karen was reminding this, of this to us in the worship that his name is powerful. And it is. So, just uh, to wrap things up, all of this has implications for us sitting here today in 2019. Because if we look around London and if we look around the world, we still see corrupt or violent leaders. And of course, the results are devastating. We still see how religion is being used to control, manipulate people. We still see broken economics, which means poor people are being exploited. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I look around the world and sometimes it just seems a little bit too messed up, a little bit hopeless, a little bit too broken. But when we look at Jesus's journey into Jerusalem, it shows us what he was coming to do on the cross. It wasn't just about dying so that we could get a ticket to heaven and then get out of here. On the cross, he was confronting and battling evil in all its forms. And we know that he rose again, which meant he overcame it all. And that's because he came to redeem all of the world. So, for, as followers of Jesus, we get to experience this victory. This redemption in our own lives. We see the personal change that happens, but it also means we get to step into this bigger story, this story that Jesus started on the cross, which is the redemption of all things. And I find that extremely, extremely beautiful and and encouraging. And then this is is what the, the journey into Jerusalem is all about.